2: High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Alex Blake, a longtime High Stakes Fantasy Football player who, along with his co-manager Chris Holland, currently holds the second overall spot in the 2019 FFPC main event, Contest that will pay out $3.1 million, including an industry record $500,000 grand prize. Blake has already won more than $200,000 in several leagues over the past few years, in previous FFPC main events, as well as the Football Guys Players Championship, and you can follow him on Twitter at ALXBLK1. In this episode, he and I talk about how roster construction changes after the bye weeks, what he thinks of Brian Hill starting for the Falcons and much more. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 30% discount to a RotoViz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is the second-place team owner in the 2019 FFPC main event, Alex Blake. Welcoming back to the roto High Stakes Lowdown this week is uh, one half of the Team Kimura duo. It's Alex Blake joining me this week. Alex, welcome back.
3: Thanks, Paul. It's good to be on.
2: It's, uh, it's been a while since we had you, of course, you and Chris Holland, your, your uh, co-manager playing partner, uh, we've had you guys on before. It's just you this week, and you guys are sitting pretty, doing very, very well in the uh, in the main event as we are headed into the final week of regular season play, second place overall for that $500,000 grand prize. I, I know you know uh, you're a veteran, it, there is a long way to go, but you got to feel really good about your chances right now.
3: Feeling good about our chances. We had a good week this last week, um, and uh, certainly happy to be number two. There is a long way to go, so certainly we don't count our chickens. uh, But uh, we feel like we've got a good club. Let's see what happens. We'll be looking forward to seeing how things unfold.
2: Yeah, one of the things that, as we watch things unfold over the next few weeks, one of the things that you guys, you and Chris, are going to have to figure out is your tight end in this league this week, as the big news is that Austin Hooper is expected to miss some time, probably a few weeks uh, you guys have Jack Doyle on the bench uh, in this league, ready to plug in there for Ho- uh, Hooper going forward until he's healthy. Is he? Do you think he's going to end up being the replacement for you or for you and anybody else who might be looking at, myself included, by the way, in a few leagues, looking to replace Austin Hooper this week? Is there anything out there on the waiver wire at tight end that you think owners should be looking at?
3: Well, in this particular league, unfortunately not. Uh, it's going to be very difficult to replace Hooper. Uh, number one tight end in fantasy this year, so obviously a, a, a very good value draft pick. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to have to rely on Doyle, uh, our, our uh, KME three club, uh, in the main event, uh, and just you know maybe do a little bit of hoping and praying. Doyle's done pretty well the last couple of weeks, so hopefully he hopefully he steps up to the plate. And the Hooper's not out too long. In this particular league on the waiver wire, it's pretty it, it, it's pretty uh, bare in terms of tight ends. I mean, you got. Um, uh, uh, you got the, the guys that performed pretty well uh, this past week, the Hallisters and so forth. I'll speak a little bit more about, uh, about him a little bit later on, but um, aren't available in this league. So, you, know, you got the likes. Uh, I'm just looking at the waiver wire now as, as we're talking. Uh, you got Anthony Frisker in Tennessee as the, the top guy who's, who's the top point scorer of this previous week that's available on the waiver wire. Not too confident in, uh, in Frisker. <laughs> You got Nick Boyle, you got Dawson Knox, uh, you know these types of guys. So for us, it's Doyle or bust, right? And hopefully, uh, hopefully get Doyle back for, or sorry, hopefully get Cooper back for uh, league playoffs and uh, and championship.
2: Yeah, it's one of those things too. When you have uh, this tight end premium format, a lot of these guys. You know, you, you'll have the the people who went hardcore after Ertz and Kelsey and Kittle in the drafts, and then you know there there was sort of a, a little bit of a, a wait till till you get to the Evan Engrams of the world and everything like that. But I think for you, and I think you guys, if I'm remembering correctly, drafted three tight ends in this league. But that's the thing; it's like if you wait on tight end. Uh, a lot of, in my opinion, the smart teams will try to get two, uh, three tight ends sometimes before round 12 or 13. And and so when you go hunting for a tight end on the waiver wire, sometimes you're a little bit behind the eight ball and trying to do that because there just is nothing out there. You talked about it in yeah. in terms of this league, Alex, but I think in a lot of main, especially main event leagues out there, I think people are looking at the same thing where there's just is not a lot of help at the tight end position.
3: I agree completely with you. Uh, so we drafted Hooper in the eighth round. It's been kind of a very strange year for tight ends this year, um, because it's been pretty bare, right? Uh, you did have some late round still with the likes of Hooper, Mark Andrews, Waller, uh, you know, good eighth, ninth round guys. Um, but you know, you had the Njoku's, uh, OJ Howard, he has done nothing until this past week. Um, uh, Evan Engram's been hurt, you know, had a good start of the year, been hurt. So it's tough, man. It's tough. One guy that is on our waiver wire that uh, could be of interest is Gronk. <laughs> so uh, really? I don't know whether we'll be picking him up, but uh, <laughs> I don't know whether we'll be picking him up. But you know, we'll see. We'll see.
2: Have you and Chris had discussions about picking up Gronk in, in the main event at all? Or, I mean, how how deep have those dis- discussions gone?
3: Uh, very cursory. Very cursory. i have just joking around a little bit. Uh, I don't think that we're going to give up one of the players on the bench for Gronk. I just don't have confidence he's coming back, right? And even if he does come back, I don't think he slots right right in, right? Yeah. Um, could be wrong about that, but uh, I don't think we're going to be rolling the
2: dice. Yeah, and one of the other things to keep in mind with Gronk, too, is even when he was playing last year, you know, down the stretch, it's not like he was vintage Gronk, you know, where he was getting eight for... You know, 120 and two touchdowns every week. It just wasn't happening for him, and I don't know if he could take afford to take as much time off as he did, and then jump in there and be meaningful going forward in the uh, in the uh, championship pr- uh, sprint coming up in uh, Week 14. Shift the uh, focus here, Alex, and, and go to the quarterback position. You guys had selected Patrick Mahomes as the first quarterback off the board in the third round in this draft. I look at the roster you have right now, and I don't know if this is. Uh, the result of, of Mahomes' injury, but you still have two other quarterbacks on this team in Derek Carr and Kyle Allen. Is there a particular reason for that? Are you are you dumping one or two of those guys uh, going forward, or are you going to try to keep one of them around for Mahomes uh, just you know in case anything happens?
3: Yeah, I, very simply, I think the reason for that was because of the home, uh, Mahomes' injury, um, and then bye weeks and so on and so forth. We ended up with three. Uh, we usually you know. Chris, to be honest, is, is not a fan of really carrying more than one uh, unless there's a bye week fill situation that's, that's necessary. So uh, I think after the waiver wire this week, uh, you know, we'll probably end up with Mahomes and, and one other, right? So we'll see what that looks like. Difficulty with Mahomes, um, and, and, and you know, this is kind of a bit of a difficulty with, with a number of players is that he's got a week 12 bye, and the, the FFPC format, of course, that's week one of the of the league playoffs, right? Um, and, uh, so we're trying to sort of determine, you know, whether we keep one of these guys for week 12, uh, and also for, you know, the championship product, we need to fill in for the uh, or if there's somebody else on, on the wire And we haven't, we haven't looked yet to make that determination, but you know, we'll, we'll come out of this with, with, you know, with, with two quarterbacks, not three.
2: Alex, when you talk about Chris only liking having to, you know, only liking to have one quarterback on your roster, Is that when you have draft an elite quarterback and like you know like a Mahomes or 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 say like you have Lamar Jackson or or somebody like that who's been crushing it right now? Um, Is that when he likes to only have one? Or if you guys wait on quarterback and you don't draft one to like you know round nine or ten, are you still only likely to have one quarterback on your roster then?
3: I think it depends on the kind of value that we're getting in those rounds, right? Um, uh, if it's, you know, I'd say maybe if it's a little bit later than round 10, maybe 13, 14, then we'll probably look at drafting two in the draft. Um, uh, but I'd say about half the clubs that we drafted this year, and between Chris and I, I, actually don't know how many clubs, but probably 50, 60 clubs between the two of us, um, probably at least half of them only drafted one QB. It's just, you know, it's kind of, you know, particularly, the, the way that the drafts unfold, you're trying to really sort of jump at value. You're looking at later round guys that you think may be able to make an impact. Um, and uh, quarterback is a position that if you don't get one of the elite guys, you know, there's a lot of interchangeability there. Although this has also been an unusual year for quarterbacks and quarterback injuries as well, right? Uh, and so it's been a little bit more difficult to kind of play in the quarterback carousel. And so you got guys like Kyle Allen that you've had to rely on. Or we've had to rely on multiple clubs to, you know, kind of sustain us until people come back or, or through bye weeks and, and so on and so forth, right? But, you know, I think the one quarterback thing during the draft is a philosophy that has worked for us pretty well. As mentioned, you, you know, you don't waste a later round draft pick uh, picking a second quarterback that's probably not going to play until your bye week. Um, instead, you look to see whether there's an upside value guy that you can take there.
1: So before we get into the third quarter, I want to let you know about our buddies over at Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame it on something else like I I just lost my mojo. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all in the comfort comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping the whole process is simple and straightforward and of course discreet getting started is simple just go to get roman.com slash blue wire and complete your online visit once again that is roman.com forward slash blue wire for a free visit to get started once again roman.com slash blue wire also one of our partners here is harry's razors and of course most people don't enjoy shaving some people do enjoy it i am not one of those people but humans have been shaving for thousands of years and the secret to a great shave hasn't changed much and that's why harry's doesn't overcharge you for gimmicky features to their razors they focus on delivering what actually matters sharp durable blades at a fair price which means you get incredibly high quality vouchers at factory prices harry's is super convenient and those blade refills are delivered directly to your door on schedule with or without a subscription. Listeners of Rotoviz as well can redeem their Harry's trial set now at harrys.com forward slash blue wire. With that, you'll get an ergonomic weighted handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to help keep that skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your blade dry and easy to grab on the go. Once again, that is harrys.com forward slash blue wire to redeem that trial set. Once again, Harris.com forward slash blue wire.
2: Michael Gallup is the next guy I want to talk about here. A guy that when he's been healthy this season, Alex, he's been really good by and large. I mean, he's had a couple of clunkers, but that's true of most wide receivers. Are you expecting him to to sort of keep up what he's been doing for the remainder of this year, and then carry it over into 2020 where he could be, uh, you know, I'm not going to put him at the Chris Godwin-DJ Moore level, but a a player like that that could go up several rounds from where he was picked the previous year, uh, the following year, where he could have a big-time breakout. Or do you think that Amari Cooper regains the stranglehold he has on this passing game or maybe El, you know Ezekiel Elliott and that offensive line just start mauling people again in 2020. How do you gauge Michael Gallup, not only for the remainder of this season, but as we look forward to 2020 as well?
3: Uh, short answer to that is that I, I like him a lot as an upside guy, right? Um, look, I think Zeke is, is, you know, the offensive line, and Zeke have kind of slowed down a little bit. They need to pick that back up in order to win that Dallas does, right? But I, I've got a lot of confidence in the fact that that's a pretty potent offense and there's plenty of offense to go around there. Uh, and between Zeke, uh, Amari Cooper and Gallup, um, uh, I got confidence in all three of those guys. I, I also think that Amari's an lead player, uh, had a good game this last week. Um, uh, and, um, so yeah, I got confidence in Gallup for the remainder of this year, as well as going into, uh, uh into 2020 as well. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, Gallup is a guy that I got – I don't think I got anywhere in redraft leagues this year because I was just convinced that, um, that that Dallas offense was just going to be run, 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 and even when they weren't, Amari Cooper was just going to dominate the target share. And I clearly underestimated Michael Gallup as an up-and-comer. Now, the good part is I actually have him in a few dynasty leagues. So I've been playing him there, um, but he's a guy I'll oh, definitely nice. be looking at uh, much higher in drafts next year uh, than I did this year. Um, the bye yeah. weeks as, yeah. as you, you sort of alluded to, uh, Alex, they're, they're coming to an end pretty short, uh, shortly here. We have week 11, uh, and then thankfully no more 16 bye weeks but we have this week and then we have week 12 and then they're done. And then, you know, you're looking at league championship week and then the four, uh, three week championship sprint, uh, to that half million dollar grand prize in the FFPC main event. Do you and Chris, when, when you try to, uh, reevaluate what you want to do with your rosters, uh, does it change once these bye weeks are behind you and, and knowing that um, maybe depth is, is still key, but it's not uh, as key as it was throughout the season? Um, do you, how, how, do, how does your roster complexion change, if at all, uh, for these final few weeks of the season?
3: Well, I don't think that it changes significantly with the core positions, right? Um, so we may look at having a second kicker, maybe a second defense, maybe a second quarterback, for that matter, um uh but that's really about it i think at the end of the day the core of your ball club uh is what's going to get you through weeks um you know 11 to 16 uh in the ffpc or 12 to 16 i should say uh through through the playoffs now as i mentioned earlier um there's an interesting sort of situation with the bye weeks this year which is that week 12 happens to be week one of the fpc playoffs you've got a lot of big-time guys uh, that are on by that week, right? So Mahomes is on by, Tyreek, Kelsey, Dalvin Cook, Melvin Gordon, and a bunch of other guys that, that will have gotten teams to this stage uh, now are on by. Um, and uh, it will be interesting to see. I think you have teams that, that that make it to the championship and that do well in the championship that may not have won their league uh, as a result of that, Right. But I think in terms of roster construction, look, at the end of the day, you got to go with what got you there. Um, and if you got a strong core of your ball club, you know, that's what's got to carry you through uh, uh, weeks 12 to 16 in the FFPC for sure.
2: I know in, in my leagues where the waivers do lock for those last few seasons, man, I, I don't care. I, I just, I cannot, and, and maybe this is just me not, you know, you know going for it. But I have to have that extra kicker uh, on my team. Like, I just I can't. You know, there's some teams that'll just roll with one quarterback. Just oh, I think about. I think it was. Oh no, Sean Coots, when he won the Football Guys Players Championship a few years ago, he ended up having Drew Brees and Eli Manning as his two quarterbacks, and then Brees. I think if Breeze went down and he wasn't going to be available in Week I 16. That. Yeah, and, yeah, and then he had to play Eli Manning um, for that. And and I just think about these guys, these really crazy guys that will go in with just one quarterback. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, you, you cannot afford to take a zero quarterback. And and I'm the same way with kicker, man. Like I have to have that second kicker on my team. I I you know no matter what's at stake, I just I, I hate taking zeros. And crazy stuff happens all the time in the NFL um where where you know a backup kicker somehow comes into the fray and, and is relevant down the stretch. Um, a backup running back that could be relevant down the stretch here in Cleveland Alex um, is, is Kareem Hunt. Uh, we saw uh, you know what, what Cleveland did in the offseason picking him up. Now he's back. If you own Nick Chubb in in any of your leagues and you don't own Kareem Hunt in the same league, how nervous are you about Chubb's production taking a significant hit uh, for the remainder of the season?
3: Uh, I'm a bit nervous about it. I like Chubb a lot. He's one of those guys that will have gotten uh, teams to where they are now—playoff uh, hunt, championship hunt, etc. Uh, no pun intended uh, with Kareem Hunt for that matter. But um, um, look, I, I think it's inevitable that Hunt is going to eat into some of the share, particularly in the passing game. Uh, if what we saw this past week is any indication, right? I think Hunt had seven or eight targets. I don't remember exactly how many, but. Um, uh, that's predominantly where, where he played. Now, Chubb got the ball 20 times, uh, did pretty well this past week. Uh, you know, the issue of course is that it's Hunt's first game back. I think that that he'll, his workload will continue to increase, right? Um, I still think that Chubb is going to have good value. I still got faith in the guy. Uh, he's an elite player uh, on that team, um, And so I still think they'll ride him, but I just don't know whether he's going to be kind of a top-end RB1, maybe more of like a bottom-end RB1, uh, top-end RB2 type thing, right? Um, I also think that, you know, I don't know how many people would have drafted Chubb and Hunt. Surely there would have been a few of those. Um, I think I have one Chubb and Hunt club. You know, one of the questions is, if you got them both, do you play them both, or how do you choose one versus the other? And I think that's going to be a very difficult thing for fantasy owners to determine what to what to do in that situation, right?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, and and I didn't – well, let me ask you this, Alex. Did, did you and, and Chris target Kareem Hunt or get Kareem Hunt in a lot of your drafts this year?
3: We did not target him, and we didn't get him a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, ha- having a week to week 10 – of course, now we're at week 10 and we wish we had him, right? right yeah. But having a wait, <laughs> having a guy on your bench that, that does nothing for, for nine weeks of the season – is a tough thing, uh, right? So we didn't specifically target him. I, you know, I think across all the clubs that I'm involved in, we I maybe have him twice. Um, and I don't, as mentioned, I think I have Chubb on one of those clubs, and maybe not on one of those. Um, and I haven't quite determined what I'm going to do with it, what I'm going to do there yet. I, I'm, you know, I'm pr- pretty sure that I'm going to keep starting Chubb um, I just think again he's been, you know, he, he's been a bit of a rock for that offense through the course of the season. Um, Hunt is just coming back. I'm sure he'll do well, uh, but I still have confidence that Chubb, uh, you know, ha- has has gas left in the tank. Yeah.
2: I, oh, first of all, I totally agree with you on Hunt. I didn't get him anywhere. I had the same same exact approach as you did. Is, is I believed in Nick Chubb, and I just I could not dedicate. A, a roster spot to a guy where i literally know for sure he is not going to be back until after his suspension's over and when it's that long of a suspension it just makes no sense to me um a second of all when when it comes to uh cleveland I, this is an organization that i thought was on the upswing that that really had it had its stuff together and now I look at it and not only am I not sure what's going on there, I don't know what they're capable of with this with this coaching staff. You know, normally it would surprise me if a guy like Nick Chubb has been playing heavy minute or heavy snaps all season and then all of a sudden uh, is in a is in a fifty fifty timeshare with Kareem Hunt. Normally that would surprise me. If that happened in Cleveland, it would not shock me at all. Given I don't know what to expect from a week to week basis from this team anymore. You know they're I, they're, they're they're so Jekyll and Hyde. Probably mostly Hyde, I guess. Uh, this season, um, Hyde was the bad one, I think. So and that that's probably what they've been. Uh, and and that's the thing with with, Hunt, with I guess with Chubb, I know I'm playing him every single week. But I also understand that um, there might be a clunker or two here down the stretch, and and that's sort of you know Chubb helped me get to where I am, but at the same time I I got to understand that he may not be the same player down the stretch with with a healthy Kareem Hunt.
3: Yeah, I, I agree, I agree. I, I think it's a tough one. I think it's a tough one. As mentioned, I think in the clubs where uh, you know where where, where Chubb is one of my leading players, I got to continue to play him. Uh, you know. Um, but I just don't know what to expect. And I, I, I did see this past week, and interestingly, you did see a lot of formations where they were both in the backfield. Um, uh, sometimes was encouraging, right? So it's not always going to be one or the other, right? Um, but, uh, you know, I'm going to continue to ride Chubb. Um, uh, don't know what to expect week to week. I think you're right. Then we'll see a couple of dud games. Um, you know, you just got to, you just got to prepare for that, you know.
2: We got word, um, I think it was late Saturday or sometimes Saturday afternoon, that Matthew Stafford, or maybe it was early Sunday, quite frankly, I can't remember. I, I, I think the writing was sort of on the wall on Saturday, um, and then we found out that he would not be going against the Bears on Sunday, and it was going to be Jeff Driscoll. Now, I don't know. I don't own Matthew Stafford in a whole lot of leagues. I own Marvin Jones in a couple of spots and Kenny Galladay in a couple of spots, and it came down to what am I going to do? with Marvin Jones. I, I still was going to roll out Kenny Galladay. I think I ended up benching Marvin Jones in one of my leagues because I had some pretty good depth, but the rest of them, I kept them in there. And quite frankly, these guys were palatable. I mean, with, with Galladay and Jones, they were all right. So for you, Alex, did, did you see enough from Jeff Driscoll against what what still I think, I, I think is a pretty good Bears defense? Did you see enough from him to feel good about starting Galladay and Jones going forward as long as Stafford is out, which could be Another week, another two weeks, maybe even another three weeks. We don't know because of this back injury. But are you still rolling out Galladay and Jones given what you saw, what they did against the Bears with Driscoll tossing on the rock?
3: I got to say, it's, it's funny you say that uh, that you were looking at Marvin Jones across your clubs with Donald Galladay. That's exactly what I did. And in fact, I ended up benching uh, Marvin, uh, not in all clubs, but in a lot of my clubs. And he did end up getting six targets, caught five balls for 77. So he didn't have a terrible day, as, as you mentioned. Uh, Galler, they got nine targets. Uh, we only managed to catch three of them, which is probably more of an indictment on Driscoll. Um, uh, look, I think, um, first of all, I hope that Stafford comes back. He's had an awesome year. Yeah, right? He he was a dark horse. Yeah, he he was a dark horse uh, draft pick. He didn't get drafted in some drafts that, that, that I can recall. Um, and he, he's definitely been a dark horse and has powered. I mean, Marvin Jones has had a career year this year. Uh, a lot of that is down to the way that Stafford is playing. I, I'd say that there's a definite downgrade. Um, you know, I don't know a lot about Driscoll. Uh, and he didn't have a terrible game either. He attempted 46 passes. Um, uh, you know, did all right. I, I, I guess, Mike, right? but you got to think that there's going to be a downgrade. I agree with what you said about the way you approach Sunday. Um, you know, I don't think you bench goal day. Uh, he's just a he's a big time guy. You can throw the ball up to him, and 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 he'll go and get it as he did do on the touchdown that he scored on uh, Sunday. Um, so I don't think that you bench holiday it It's really about Marvin Jones and and um, uh, Hawkinson and and uh, you know the the other guys there. Right. The, you know the other issue with Detroit is also the running game There's a bit of a shambles with carry on uh, on. Um, and these other guys, J.D. and, and T.Y., uh, uh, Ty Ty Johnson, not really do anything to step up to the plate, right? So that really kind of closes down the passing game as well, right? Um, so, uh, you know, for me, you don't bench call today. Uh, it really is about Marvin Jones and, and maybe Hawkinson, what you do with those guys. And you got to think there's going to be a, bit of a downgrade. If, if Chris goes from the no question about it.
0: Um,
2: let's, let's, uh, move on to, um, I, I literally, so I, you know, obviously for the listeners uh, of this show, I also do another show, the high stakes fantasy football hour. Um, and we do during the season, I do that show every Friday and this show comes out every Thursday morning, uh, on Rotovis on, on rotoviz.com. Uh, I think as far as a percentage goes with how many times I have talked about the chiefs running backs this year, um, it's got to be above 80% of the time. I have asked one of the, you know, whatever guest, whatever show it is, about the Chiefs' running back situation, and it is just so fascinating to me that you have this elite offense with the reigning MVP, the the guy who finished as as um, you know a top one or two tight end last year, a guy in Tyree Kill who was a borderline uh, first or second round pick when we knew he was, you know, going to play all all 16. Well, when he, knew he wasn't going to be suspended, I should say. But yet this backfield, Alex, I mean, it's been Damian Williams. Darrell Williams even had his day. LaShawn McCoy gets signed, and, and people were, were were very excited about that. Now McCoy's been in the doghouse the last couple of weeks after losing. It was two games in a row where he lost a costly fumble um, that ended up costing the, the Chiefs the ball game against Green Bay, quite frankly. Um, but now Damian Williams steps up. He loses a fumble that the Titans end up scoring a touchdown after. Uh, how are you and you know you don't know what's going to happen there um if if he's going to be benched and and reed is going to give him time to think about holding on to the football a little bit better on the bench what are you doing with the chiefs running backs going forward
3: i think it's a situation to avoid um you know Damien williams to to me it really comes down to what you do with damon williams right i think mccoy um good start to the year but he's, he's definitely tailed off over the last few weeks culminating of course with him being a healthy scratch this past week um uh you just you know as you alluded to you just don't know what's going to happen there right um uh you, you know you, you you've got uh you got several different guys you got mccory Damian, uh daryl uh you know Damian williams did get 19 carries as you mentioned he fumbled We'll see how it is that Reed handles that situation. But, you know, if he handles it the same way he handled the McCoy situation, then, uh, Damian Williams is the guy you're going to have to bench. So uh, to me, it's a situation to avoid if you can. If you don't have anybody else, you know, then you go with, with Damian. Um, and we'll have to see what happens with McCoy too, uh, because you could bring him back and, uh, all of a sudden McCoy studs out and, you know, so it's just one of those situations that for me, because of the fact that it's just a roll of the dice and in, in, in what could be several different directions, a situation to avoid from my perspective.
2: Sticking with the running backs here, uh, another situation. We, we kind of talked about the injury to Austin Hooper earlier, uh, but but he's not the only Falcon that's dinged up, and Devontae Freeman uh, also could be missing some time here uh, going forward. And, and Ido Smith was already placed on uh, IR prior to Week 10, uh, so now it's Brian Hill. It's the Brian Hill show in the Atlanta backfield. So technically he is indeed a starting running back in Atlanta. When we talk about the waiver wire this week, I know he's available in a lot of leagues, not all of them, but a significant amount of them. How crazy are you and Chris going to go trying to add this guy on your rosters? I don't want to call him potentially a league winner, but if you went zero RB and you're looking to fill that second running back spot, uh, he could be very helpful for a lot of teams out there.
1: I think
3: he's worth it. that uh but i would i would look at as being more speculative than anything um so i don't think we're going to go crazy i haven't spoken with chris about it he he, chris may want to go crazy but chris tends to not be a go crazy type of guy so i I don't think we're going to go crazy on him play what i think the the issue is um it's atlanta right Uh, they did a great game this last week but i mean you know atlanta is not a good football team um uh and devonta was having a decent year um he is a very good running back you know i don't think we're gonna go crazy on brian hill uh in a blowout loss where he did get a a bunch of carries he averaged just north of three yards a carry um you know i think he did score a touchdown from from memory uh but i you know i don't think we'll go crazy i i doubt that he's a lead winner that's just our opinion you know um or my opinion i should say um we'll see what happens and you know we'll we'll bid on him. i'm sure um, but I don't think we're going to overdo it.
2: What okay, so so we know that you're going to be put, placing some bids on Hill. Is there anybody out there this week that you, I, I go crazy is the wrong term, but but we'll we'll make some significant bids on to try to acquire off the waiver wire, or is is there not not any difference makers uh, that you see out there, or at least potential difference makers uh, difference makers that you see out there, Alex?
3: Well, I see a couple guys, and these guys are only available in say about. 10 to 20% of FFPC leagues. I haven't actually done that bad. So I hope nobody comes back and tells me that, that I'm way off. But uh, the first one is, is uh, Hollister, tight end from, from Seattle. Uh, that guy's had a couple of good weeks. Um, and, um, you know, I think Russell Wilson likes going to go into the tight end. Will Disney was having an awesome year. He was a, a late rounder or even in many cases a free agent surprise. Um, or in most cases, I should say. Uh, so I think Russell likes to throw to the tight end, and that's been proven through the last couple of weeks and and the performance that Hollister has had. So I think we'll be going big for Hollister. And then the other guy that I actually took a look earlier this afternoon as I started to get prepared to to, to do free agency is uh, Darius Slayton. He's available again somewhere around, I want to say 10%, maybe 15% of FFPC leagues, which I was surprised about. Um, and we'll certainly be going big for him. He's, he's, uh, Uh, I think he's long-term. I mean, I I don't see him available in any any of my dynasty leagues, unfortunately, uh, because I think he's a uh, long-term upside guy. So I'd say those two guys are guys that we'll we'll go big for. I think guys that are more widely available. You know, we already spoke about Hill. You know, we'll target him. I don't think we're going to go crazy on him. Um, uh, You know, and then there are going to be a few other guys, but I think those are the guys that will probably be targeted where, where, where we have the opportunity to do so.
2: So Slayton's interesting too because he's one of those rare, you know. We always like to talk about, or at least I, I do with my my you know Wisconsin crew guys, about how it's it's much easier to find running backs on the waiver wire than it is receivers. And so I tend to to put an emphasis on drafting receivers higher and 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 not running backs as much. And you know, Slayton's one of those rare exceptions where. He he was a difference-making wide receiver on the waiver wire, getting into the end zone a couple of times last week. You know we don't know what's happening with Sterling Shepard, if, if if you know when or if he's going to come back. Evan Engram obviously has been dinged up too, uh, so there's been a lot of opportunity on that uh, on that Giants passing offense, and Slayton is a guy that that I think a lot of people, who anybody who's picked him up and started him, they had to be pleased with him, and we'll see what happens down the stretch, because I think he's a player to watch not only this year, but uh, in 2020 with Daniel Jones as well. Certainly I think the Giants have something in there with him. I'm, I totally agree with you. Um, Alex, uh, uh, one one final question uh, before I, I let you go this week and, and to try to um, get uh, that second place team up to first place here, heading into week 11. A player that you think a lot of uh, FFPC players are, are going to be starting that you think is due for a bad week this week. That might be better off on benches. And then conversely, another player that uh, a lot that will be on a lot of benches in, in the FFPC that these owners are going to look back on week eleven and say, "Man, I should have started him."
3: Well, I'll, I'll give you two in each one of those categories. I think in the in the uh, kind of underachiever category, I think you know you'll probably see a couple of hot waiver wire pickups this week. Brian Hill. Uh, we we just discussed, and I think the other one that, that will probably be a hot pickup and is available maybe in about 80% of FPC leagues, although he was drafted in 100% of leagues, is uh, James Washington. Um, and I think you'll see both of those guys come back down to earth. We already spoke about Brian Hill uh, and, you know, James Washington, not only because uh, uh, I've got some other um, uh, stealer receivers on some of my clubs, but uh you know i just don't have faith in the guy right i think in the kind of overachiever category and this might seem obvious uh but two guys that really underperformed this past week i, I don't you know these aren't guys that you necessarily sit um but i i think you see breeze and cooper cup um uh come back and um uh, uh and, and do well this week uh after having a couple of down weeks th- this past week so again not that anybody's going to be sitting those guys but um, uh, you know after after a down week for both those guys particularly caught with a zero uh, I think they come back strong this week
2: Alex it's, it's a long way off I lied I'm going to ask you one more question um, it's a long way off to 2020 drafts is Cooper Cup as it stands right now is he a slam dunk second round pick in drafts next year
3: Oof, tough question tough question you know I'd have to say based on his performance you know year to date you can just look at his numbers um, the answer to the question is yes uh, high powered offense in LA. Um uh he's the clear number one target there for, from a wide receiver perspective. Uh you know, I think is the stuff, right? Um so I, I haven't obviously haven't taken a look at what the numbers look like and who's in front of him. Um I think this last year he was maybe uh let me just look at my draft board here.
2: And Alex, and the other thing to keep in mind too and maybe you're gonna get to get to this but I'll make the point for you. You know, this Brandon Cook's concussion thing, too. I mean, this could really open the door for for both Cup and Woods in 2020.
3: I agree completely. Robert Woods is another guy that I like a lot. Um, uh, No question about it. But I I think Cup, it's a a tough one, right? Because he's going to be competing with guys like Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper. Godwin, I think, moves up. Um, You know, so where you slot him in with those guys. But I, I think he's in that conversation, right? I think he's in the Godwin. Amari, um, uh, you know, Mike Evans is having a great year this year, uh, but you know, I think you put Cup in that conversation with those guys, and those are those are guys that are second round, you know, at, at, at worst early third round type guys, right? So I think the answer to the question is yes. I I'll put Cup in the second round next year, just just you know, without analyzing in any detail. Obviously, I haven't gotten into twenty twenty yet.
2: No, right, uh, but yeah. where I
3: stand right now, I, I, I put Cup in that conversation.
2: Yeah. Well, it gives you an idea of, of how my fantasy season is going this year that I'm already looking forward to 2020 here right after the end of week time. <laughs> so, so that's where I'm sort of at right now. You are not there. You are gunning for a half-million-dollar grand prize. As we head into Week 11, you and uh, Chris Holland, sitting in second place overall in the main event. Good luck with uh, not only that squad, but all your teams this year, Alex. Certainly appreciate you hopping aboard this week, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, dude.
3: Awesome. Appreciate it, Doc. Take care, man. All right?
2: Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a roto podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the roto radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at roto radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to roto at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.